0: Well, good morning. How's everybody doing? Good. All right. You know, I uh, I heard a story about a lady who heard uh, a burglar in her house, and she went down to see what was going on. She was very fearful. She didn't have, you know, any weapons. She didn't know what she was going to do, and she was a Christian woman, and so she just thought, well, I'll just shout out a scripture, and so she said Acts 2:38, and all of a sudden the the burglar just froze in his place, and the police showed up, and And the police said to the burglar, said, we don't get it, what happened? I mean, what was it about the scripture that just frightened you so much? He said, what scripture? He said, I thought you had an ax in 238s. Well, we're in a battle, we're in a war, and uh, we got more than an ax in 238s, amen? Amen. Good to see uh, Jared Lucinda back from South Africa. Put your hands together for them, our evangelists, and they've done... They just do marvelous work in South Africa and here and they're with us about eight months out of the year in Orange County and the rest in South Africa, but great reports coming from people saved and lives changed and so it's just so good to have them a part of the body and you know um, while I'm just kind of doing a little catch up, one of our uh, one of our ushers, a guy named Brian, uh, he came at uh, Good Friday and he prayed that God would just restore his eyesight and he said, I'm just tired of wearing glasses, I'm tired of struggling with it and all of that and You know, uh, it's always amazing, you know, when something, uh, that seems minor compared to so many other things. But remember, no miracle that God does in you is minor. No prayer that God answers in your life is minor. When God moves in, God gives you sometimes, sometimes he'll just give you a little blessing to show you to trust him for a bigger blessing. But he was praying. He asked just for, for God to uh, to heal his eyesight, and and uh, he was uh, at home, and he had he had put his glass, taken his glasses off, and he knocked them off the table. And when he stood up, he crushed them with his foot, right? And then he realized that he didn't need them, and he hasn't worn them since. And God has just restored his eyesight. And I hear stuff like that, and I go, wow, that's really phenomenal. And I I love the way that God just kind of works. I was up here at Bodie Leaf Coffee. If you haven't done your Yelp review yet, do it. I mean, that is really a powerful way for us to do ministry. And let me tell you what I mean by that. So I'm up here, and I'm just in the back uh, there grabbing my coffee, and I see uh, a woman and her daughter looking in the service. And I said, hey, do you want to go in and check it out? Oh, no, that's okay. And I said, yeah, come on, I'll give you a tour. So I talked them around, walked them around. And uh, as I began to talk to them, began to just talk about God, and, and uh, they were um, uh, from Iran and, and have been, lived here a number of years, and we began to talk about God and about church. And at first, uh, and you may be in here, and if you are, I'm not going to embarrass you by, by pointing you out, but she said they're coming, uh, going to come to church. And, uh, and I, as I began to talk, I began to see just the Spirit of God begin to change hearts. Change from, no, I'm not coming, to, you know, what time of your services? Do you have some information? What can I do? And what I mean is, use the tools that God gives you to change lives for the kingdom of God. Amen? Amen. Well, let's pray, and we're going to jump into this sermon. Father, we just want to give you praise today. We want to ask you, Spirit of God, to touch every heart. Right now, in your heart and in your mind, would you just say, Spirit of God, speak to me, change me, empower me, use me for the kingdom, I pray in the great name of Jesus Christ, amen. I want you to know something, that God has supernatural provisions for you. If you're relying on your provisions, what you can earn, what you can do, your power, then you're missing out on all that God wants to do. He has supernatural provisions for you, and we're going to talk about that a little bit today. Also, God wants to catapult you into a whole new level of understanding and power and authority in the kingdom of God. I love that picture of a catapult. It's almost like, you know, you, that ancient medieval uh, weapon of war where they, they put the stone in there and then they just shot this thing over the wall. And I thought, you know, that's a good picture. Because what we have to do is we have to release ourselves, put ourselves into the hands of God, and say, God, I'm just gonna, you're cranking it back, you're cranking it back. Right now, God is cranking back the rope. The tension on that catapult. He's getting ready to launch you into a new future. And when you hear that that cranking and that creaking of that of that rope and that wheel as he's cranking it back, and you're thinking, God's not doing anything. God, God, what are you up to? He's up to something. You see, the Spirit of God always moves slowly. And then he bursts on the scene in great power and great authority. And then when God gets ready, he releases it. And you go, wow, how did I get here? Look what God did so quickly. You see, you want to make room for God to do something big in your life. You can't make room for it if you don't acknowledge what God is doing. So it begins with saying, I'm just going to acknowledge and recognize God is up to something. I don't know what he's up to, but God is clearly up to something. Now let me take you to this first thought. We have to practice divine alignment. You have to be aligned with God. You can't be aligned with the world. You can't be aligned with your own thinking. You have to say, I'm going to get divine alignment. I want to be God. I just want to line up with you and what you want to do in my life. And I'm going to give you a scripture that kind of illustrates that. Deuteronomy chapter 28 Deuteronomy 28, beginning at verse 1. Now it shall come to pass if you diligently, and notice that word, if you diligently obey the voice of the Lord your God. You say, well, I haven't heard the voice. What do you mean the voice? I mean, I hear my voice, I hear others' voice, but I don't hear his voice. We're going to talk about what does it mean and how do you hear the voice of God. But the voice of God comes by his word and by his spirit. And we'll dig in that a little bit deeper. It says, if you will carefully observe all, all that I command you, the Lord God will set you high above all nations. So the promise is not just to the individual. The promise here is to nations. He says, you can be lifted up and God can use you in a mighty way. But also, when we collectively do that, God says, I'll make your nation great. And we need a rebirth in our nation, amen? We need a return to God. And it says, and all of these blessings shall come upon you and shall overtake you. Now, I love that. It says they're going to come upon you. You're just like, where did that come from? Where did that blessing come from? And then it says they will overtake you. Now, Now, here's the picture I get. You can get your own mental picture of it, but mine is the blessings come on me and I go, wow, that's amazing, and all of a sudden they're coming so fast, they're running ahead of me and go, wait a minute, and God says, no, I have them in your future. There's things I have for you in the future. If you'll run a little faster, you can catch up with all of them. If you want to lag, you can just live with the ones that are on you, but I want, I've want i got some stuff out in front of you Will you just Diligently obey the voice of the Lord your God, and it says they will overtake you because you obey the voice of the Lord your God. Let me tell you this. Miracles and the favor of God are not accidental. I want you to think about that. Sometimes we, we hear about a miracle and we go, wow, what? that's amazing. Do you know I think God wants us to come to a place to where the miracles and the favor of God are expected, I expect God to work in my behalf. I expect God to work on your behalf. I expect God to do something in the middle of, of what we're doing here. God has given us a, a great location. He's given us great people. He's given us a great staff. And we have a great God. Amen. And we have every reason to expect God would do great things in our midst. I, I, was, I was talking to another couple the other day in, in the coffee shop. And it just never stops, never ceases. And they said, well, what's God doing here? And I just said, and I just got on the miracle thing. I just started talking about the people that have been healed, the lives that have been changed, and I thought, I don't need to talk about anything else, just talk about what God does because I can't get any credit for it. Only God can get credit for it, amen? And so, and they're going, and they just stopped, and he looked at me and he goes, wow, I see why you're excited about your church. I see it, I understand it now. And then I, and I made this comment, I use it a lot, the works of God always confirm the word of God. When you see God working, you go, wow, that, that's what I've been reading about. I want, I want an experience that what I read about in Scripture is happening in my life, in my world. I don't want it to be like religion over there and, and what Jesus did over there was really cool, but he doesn't do that cool stuff anymore. He just wants me to show up and listen to a sermon and give some money. That's the worst experience in the world if you don't have the power of God. When Paul came to the Corinthians, he said, I did not come to you with eloquent words of wisdom, but I came to you in power and a demonstration of the Spirit of God. That's how I came, and that's what I want you to experience. That's what what I want you to understand. You see, he's telling us here, you can become a magnet for God's blessing, a magnet for God's blessing. Now think about that picture. You're just drawn in. You're just seeing it, you know, if you've ever kind of played with metal flakes and a magnet as a kid and you kind of put it down and you kind of see how close you can get it, and all of a sudden they just kind of stand up. First, they stand up and then they just go, whew. You go, wow, look at that. And then you'd shake them all off and you do it again. God says, that's what I want you to understand. I want you to become a magnet for my favor and a magnet for my blessings. The first thing you're going to do, you're going to stand up and you go, what's that? And then all of a sudden you go, phew, look at there. God just drew me in. And guess what? When you, you know, sometimes you get those little metal flakes, they're hard to pull off the magnet. You see, because it's so powerful. God wants you to be drawn into him so powerful it's hard to pull you off. It's hard to get you out of the way. Man, you are just sucked into the power of almighty God. You see, God's voice is heard by his word. When you read the word of God, God's speaking. Thy word, O Lord, is fixed and eternal in the heavens, the scripture says. The word of God lives and abides forever. The, word of the flowers fade, but the word of God abides forever. You see, we see that God is gonna speak by his word and by his spirit. If you'll just stop long enough in your day, You can do this all through the day and just say, Spirit of God, speak to me and just listen. You said, I did that. I didn't hear anything. Listen longer. Listen longer. Learn his voice. Learn to hear what he has to say. Enter into his presence. You see, when you enter into the presence of God, the presence of God is the glory of God. It's the power of God. You enter into his presence to understand his heart But you stay in his presence to understand his plan. I have to come in long enough to go, I have to understand the Father's heart because sometimes you go through tough times. You go through difficulty and you say, God, what are you up to here? God says, just come into my presence. You're gonna understand my heart. And if you'll stay in my presence, I'm going to tell you my plan for the days ahead. But you got to come in, and you got to stay. Let me take you to the next thought. The commanded blessings of God. Do you know that God commands blessings on you? He says, I command a blessing on you. The only way you can get away from it is go, I don't want it. And he goes, no, I'm going to command it on you anyway. If you obey the voice of the Lord your God, I'm going to command a blessing on you, and you're going to get blessed. Well, what if I don't want to be blessed? Too bad. I'm going to bless you anyway because I'm going to bless my children. That's what I do. Look what it says, Deuteronomy chapter 28 and verses 7 and 8. The Lord will cause your enemies uh, to rise up against you to be defeated before your eyes. You know what I'd rather him say? You don't have any enemies. Everybody loves you. Everybody likes you. Everybody's going to support you and encourage you. But you know what? God is. Is a God that understands life and understands humans. You say, well, I wouldn't call them enemies. Well, God does. Well, that doesn't sound very Christian. Well, God kind of got the Christian thing going. Amen? All right, now let's look at what he says. He will cause your enemies who rise up against you to be defeated before your face. Now it's getting better. They shall come out against you one way and flee before you seven ways. The Lord will command the blessing on you in your storehouses in all which you set your hand, and he will bless you in the land which the Lord your God is giving you. Now, when I read that passage, the first thing that came up to my mind was God doesn't stop our enemies. God gives you power over your enemies. God doesn't stop enemies from coming into our life. He didn't do it in his, in, the, in, the, in his own son, right? He led him into the wilderness to be tempted of the devil, right? And when Jesus was teaching his disciples how to pray, what did he say? Pray that you are led not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one, Right? He said, you better pray that God doesn't do to you what he did to me and laid you into the wilderness where you have to face the devil one-on-one. That's how you ought to be praying. But if you do, know this, that God has provided everything you need. Everything you need is him. And by the way, he, he is the kingdom, the power, and the glory forever. Amen and amen. Now watch this thought. Write this one down. This is one you want to write down. Because you're, you're going to, first thing you're going to say is, I don't like that thought enemies exist for your benefit enemies exist for your benefit what do you mean by that well you see friends exist to bring you comfort but enemies enemies exist to provide you a promotion you wouldn't even know about david if it wouldn't been for goliath you see, without, without a Goliath, David's a nobody. He's a shepherd boy living in obscurity, playing a flute, watching a few sheep. But the minute, the minute he was confronted with an enemy, Goliath, something inside of him rose up. There was a power inside of him that says, wait, who is this Philistine dog that defiles the, the armies of the Most High God? And everybody's looking around going, who is that? Isn't that David? Yeah, but the enemy brought out the best in him. The enemies that you face, the difficulties you face, all they're going to do is bring out the best in you. God's going to refine you in the process. God's going to do some stuff. You see, enemies turn nobodies into somebodies. Amen? Amen? What do enemies do? Let me show you this. Enemies will gang up on you because they're weak. They'll gang up on you. You see, it says they're going to come in to you united, right? They're coming in. Here all your enemies come, but guess what do they do? They leave seven ways. Because the enemies don't know what to do. They don't know what to do when they see you standing for God. They want to weaken your influence by their words. They want to take from you that which you have from God. But God's promises, they will be scattered and they will run in seven directions. You got enemies that come against you. Some of them are named ill health, depression, defeat, discouragement. Lack of income. you got all kinds of enemies. They're coming against you, and you hear their voices all at the same time. What am I going to do? Man, I've got bad health. I don't have a job. Nobody likes me. My husband left me. My wife left me. My kids are mad at me. All those enemies that seem to come up against you and the voices in your head, and God says, just trust me, and I'm going to send them in seven directions. They might come in, they might overwhelm you, but what I'm going to do is I'm going to scatter your enemies. I'm going to get them out there where you can manage them, where you can see them run, and they may come before your face, but I'm going to take care of you. Don't you worry about it. I love Psalm 133. Psalm 133 is just an amazing scripture, and we're going to take a little bit of time on it. It says, Behold how good and how pleasant it is for a brethren to live in unity. That truth alone, if we just stopped there, it would be enough. But you know what God does? He always says, let me explain it to you. I'm going to explain it to you in two ways with illustrations. He says this, it is like precious oil upon the head. Now, that doesn't sound real good today, does it? I mean, somebody come up and said, I'd like to pour some oil on your head. You'd go, you know, I'd, I'd rather not, right? Maybe a little mousse, a little hairspray, but no, no oil on my head. But you see, in that day, oil was such a precious commodity And it was considered to be healing, and it was an emblem of the Holy Spirit. So when they poured oil on someone, it was the greatest blessing. Remember that Psalm 23? He anoints my head with oil, my cup overflows. Surely goodness and mercy will follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Well, that all begins with the anointing of the head. And it says here, he's going to anoint precious oil upon the head. And then it says, running down the beard. Now, ladies, if if that applies to you, you might want to shave. Amen? Amen. All right? The beard of Aaron running down on the edge of his garments. Now imagine how much oil we're talking about here. It covers the head. It runs down the beard. It goes down the garments, and it hits the ground. Now give me another illustration. It is like the dew of Hermon. Do you know that for dew to come in from, a, from a, just a weather standpoint, it requires that there's a calm the night before? A storm the night before does not allow the dew to to come. So when you have the dew that comes in, it's because there's a calm. And he's saying when the dew comes on Hermon, it's because there's a unity there. We are to strive in our hearts for unity with all men. Amen. We're to pray for pray for our enemies we're supposed to pray for our friends pray for our family pray for everybody and it says descending on the mountains of hermon just get that picture just descending on the mountains of zion for there the lord commanded the blessings life forevermore where's there he's not talking about on the beard he's not talking about on the mountain he's talking about that place of unity there god commands blessings well i begin to think about that picture of aaron and the oil poured on the head, first of all. Remember, Aaron was the high priest, and he was a picture of the coming Jesus Christ, the high priest, our high priest, amen? He is our head, amen? All right, so now imagine this. So the first picture here is the head, his majesty in glory. See, the Bible says your head, whether you believe it or not, is your majesty. For a woman, it's her glory, right? As her long hair, the scripture says. Now, you have glory if you have short hair, ladies. Just don't worry about it, all right? But you see, the majesty starts at the head. Our majesty is the Lord Jesus Christ. Majestic in glory is our God. The beard on Aaron was a picture of his manliness. It brought us back to understand that Jesus was fully God and fully man. And we see here that Jesus was anointed with oil. The oil of his majesty came in his Godhead, then to his manhood where we see him in this beard and it points to him being fully God and fully man. And then it began to spread down his garments and that was his ministry. Remember the woman with the issue of blood? She thought to herself, if I could just touch the hem of his garment. You remember that? And there was a big crowd there, and all of a sudden this woman had made her way through, and she touched the hem of his garment. And he stopped, and he said, wait a minute, I, heard the, I felt the power go out of me. Who touched me? And the disciples are looking at him like he's crazy. Master, you're surrounded by, by dozens, maybe hundreds of people. What do you mean who touched me? No, I felt the power go out of me. She touched the hem of his garment and said, in our, in our Western way of thinking, all we can think of is, you know, just somebody came up and grabbed his shirt. But what he did as a rabbi, he would wear a prayer shawl. And he would wear it over his shoulders. And when he went in to pray, he would pull it over his head. And when he wanted to make his place of prayer more secure, he would close it, and that was called the closet. That's why it says when you pray, go into your closet. It wasn't, they didn't have closets in the first century. He's talking about the closet of prayer. And so she said, Who touched my garment? And there were two, the, the tails that came back were called the wings. She went up and she grabbed the wing of that prayer shawl because she believed the scripture that says in Malachi that when the Son of Righteousness comes with healing in his wings, his wings. She knew that when he came, he would heal her, and she went up and she believed the prophecy of the coming Messiah in Malachi, and she touched the hem of his garment, the wings of his shawl, and she was instantly healed, and he felt the power go out. You see, when you position yourself to touch God in that way, you're gonna, he's going to feel the power go out, and it's going to move from him to you. And you can sense that God is up to something in that. And then I love this. Because the oil started at the head, it went down the beard, it went down the garments, and then it hit the ground because it told us about his mercy. You see, from the top to the bottom, from the top of his head to the sole of his foot, grace reaches to the lowest. There's no one who sinned too much for God's grace. There's no one that God doesn't love. The oil was poured. Now watch this. This is is really going to get good if you stay with me. The oil was poured on the high priest, but all the other priests, it was sprinkled. Only on the high priest was it poured. He was in a unique position. You say, well, that's really interesting, but what does that mean? Remember, oil is a picture of the Holy Spirit, right? Right? When God sent his spirit, he poured out his spirit on you. He didn't sprinkle it on you. Because you are priests in the kingdom of God. You are after not the order of Aaron, but after the order of Melchizedek, the prince of Salem. Jesus, the Bible says in Hebrews, is a priest after the order of Melchizedek, the prince of Salem. And he says, My people are priests and kings. In my kingdom. When he poured out your spirit, he was saying, I'm not gonna give you a little bit. I'm gonna fill you with your spirit. And I want every day you to receive the filling of the spirit that you might walk in the fullness of God, that you might be led by the spirit of God. You see, God honors us like he honored Aaron when he poured out the spirit of God on us. Amen. Amen. Put your hands together. I mean, that's something to give God glory for. And then he tells us the storehouse is open. Look in Deuteronomy 28 and verse 12. The Lord will open to you his good treasure. That literally is the word storehouse. And that the storehouse is what? The heavens. He says, I'm going to open up the heavens. Do you know what Jesus said? Thy will be done on earth as it what? As it is in heaven. You see, we operate under this open heaven to give rain to your land in its season, to bless all the work of your hand. You shall lend to many nations, but you shall not borrow. That's something maybe the United States needs to listen to. Amen? And the Lord will make you the head and not the tail. You shall be above only and not beneath if you heed the commandments of the Lord your God which I command you today and be careful to observe them. Here's something that that I, I think is really powerful. I want you to write a couple of things down. Here's one of them. Small keys unlock big doors. You say, oh, that's, what does that mean? It means, I was sitting with someone this week and they said, you know, I don't have much faith. And I reached in that little plant. There was there, and I pulled out a little grain of dirt, and I said, that's about the size of a mustard seed. You don't have to have great faith. You have to have just a little bit of faith because that little bit of faith can open, unlock a big door. There's some big doors God wants you to unlock, and he says, you know, I've already given you the key. Well, I need more faith. No, you don't. Use what you have and see what God can do with it. The disciples even said in one moment, you know, on one occasion, said, You know, God, help my unbelief. I don't have a lot of belief. Well, would you help me get would you give me a little bit more? And and you see, when we just have a little bit and we apply it to God, here's the second thing small changes create a big future. Do you realize one person coming into your life, one circumstance, one situation, one thing can radically change your entire life for the good? You say, Well, I'm ready for that one thing. Amen. I'm ready for that. God, may it it come to me. Do you realize that what we acknowledge, God provides? What we fail to acknowledge, God doesn't provide. I talk to people all the time, and they go, I don't know what I'm going to do. I'm out of money. Well, God acknowledges that, and he'll, he'll make sure that that's the case. What? Yeah. You let the words of your mouth dictate your future. God, how about this one? God, I know that all the gold and silver are yours and the abundance is mine, and God, I'm just ready for my share. Or you can say it this way, I'm out of money. I don't know what I'm going to do. I can't pay my bills. Man, I am pitiful, pitiful. Remind me of a story. I don't know if you heard the story about there was an airplane and it was getting ready to go down and there were only, uh, there were only uh, four parachutes on board. And uh, and they were standing around talking. Who was going to do? Uh, uh, there were actually three parachutes and four guys. And so they said, "What are we going to do?" And the, the first guy said, "I am a famous cardiologist, and my patients need me." And he grabbed the first uh, ba- uh, the first uh, uh, parachute and he jumped out. And the next guy said, uh, "I am, I am a I'm a nuclear physicist. I I I am just I'm the probably the smartest guy in the world." And he grabbed a, another parachute and he jumped out of the plane. And, and standing there next to this young boy, he was just a Boy Scout, you know, just a young guy was, was Pastor Nate. And Pastor Nate had such a big heart, he, he looked at the Boy Scout, he says, you know, uh, you know, you're a young man, and you know, I know I'm going to heaven, and you go ahead and you take the parachute and jump out. And he said, well, there's really two parachutes left. He said, no, there's, there, there's not. We were only had three parachutes, and there's four of us. He said, no, the smartest guy in the world just jumped out of the plane with my backpack. Well, you know, sometimes we don't know what our future is. I want you to know there's a shift taking place in your life. Right now there's a shift. If you just say, God, I believe there's a shift taking place in my life, can you say that with me? There's a shift taking place in my life right now. Right now, not not tomorrow, right now. There's a shift. I'm going to acknowledge it so that I can begin to realize that there's a shift taking place. And you're going to come to understand that we're living under an open heaven where the blessings of God are for you. God has given you a divine destiny that the enemy cannot remove. In fact, the enemy is going to help you get there. Your difficulty is going to be your lever to get you into the kingdom, into a bigger and a brighter future than you have. God has put resources and people in your life. You have to just stop long enough and go, wait a minute. Who's in my life? What are the resources? And God, would you just send them my way? It is the Lord who orders your steps. You don't order your steps. God's taking you down a road and go, why am I going down that road? God says, I got something for you. Will you just listen? Will you be still and know that I am God in the middle of all of that? You see, as a child of the king, we are to expect God to act on our behalf. God, I just expect you to act. God, it's your it's the ball is in your court. You told me to acknowledge you, to believe you, and that's what I'm doing. As you bless others, you're blessed. Go up and try blessing your enemies. It's a wonderful thing. Just go, up, hey, I just want to bless you. And they're going like, Really? Really? I like I've been doing you dirty for the last three months. That's okay. I want to bless you anyway. You know why you do it? You do it for your sake, but you do it for their sake too. You do it for your sake first because you can't afford to have your heart condemned. You can't afford to have your, your heart hard. You can't afford to have difficulty rising up in you. You've got to release it. The word forgiveness means to throw it away. It has a preposition in front of it, in the Greek word. It means to, like, take a ball and throw it away from you. And so you forgive somebody. You know why? Because you need it. You need that power in your life. Well, what if they don't say they're sorry? You don't even have to talk to them. You don't have to talk to them. You can just sit right where you are and go, God, I just want to forgive so-and-so and so-and-so and so-and-so and 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 so-and-so. You see, because if you couldn't do that, then it wouldn't work for somebody who died. God wants you to understand it's not about them or their response, it's about you. Forgiveness is always about you releasing something out of your life so that you can understand the fullness and the power and the glory of, of God. Amen? So you bless others. And as you declare favor over theirs, guess over other people, guess what? You're going to see an increase. You say, well, I can't do it. I don't like so-and-so. They did me wrong. They did. Well, sure they did. You think you're alone? Hey, join the club. It starts with God. You know, you know the, is there anybody who has more critics than God? I mean, really, who's got more critics than God? Well, I can't believe God did this. Even the insurance agency calls bad stuff an act of God. Right? I mean, God's going, look, do I get everything? Can I have a little bit here? You know, then the atheist comes along and says, there's no God. I mean, are you kidding me? No God. As you bless others, you're gonna be blessed. You are the head and not the tail. You see, all the royal blessings of God are on you. When you acknowledge him, you're going to see him. When the enemy comes up, up against you, you know what you do? You rejoice. God, I want to thank you for this enemy. I want to thank you for this difficulty. I want to thank you for this challenge. Man, this is going to make me more like Christ. This is going to give me a promotion, not a demotion. This is exciting days. Bring on, God, would you bring on some more enemies? God, would you bring on just a couple more enemies? Because I'd like to just accelerate my growth pattern. Because I know when I get in the middle of the fire, man, I trust you more. How many of you would say, raise your hand. I pray more when I'm in difficulty when all's going well. Would you just raise your hand? All right, see these hands. Keep them up. Keep them up. I want you to see who's not raising their hand. Because after the service, I want you to go get advice from them and say, will you please help me with this one? Because my prayer life goes up like a rocket when I go through difficulties, amen. God, I just, would you send more enemies in my life, God, because we're not supposed to pray for easy lives. We're supposed to pray to be strong people. It's in my weakness that he is made strong, amen. So when your enemy comes up against you, rejoice. God is using your enemies to make you stronger. You are a magnet for his favor. A magnet. When God begins to move in, it's like that magnet and those little those little shavings of metal, they stand up. Right now you're standing up and you're saying, you know, am I gonna let it am I gonna let it draw me in? Am I gonna let the magnet pull me? Am I gonna let God pull me into this? Am I gonna accept this? Or am I gonna say, well, he just doesn't know my situation? I know your situation. I'm human too. Amen. All of a sudden I'm gonna start God, but you just move the magnet closer. I'm just closer, closer. The old metal just laying there, it doesn't have any power. It's laying there just waiting. When the magnet comes close, you got a chance. Am I going to stand up and acknowledge the magnet? And let it draw me in. Let me give you a few life applications. Here's the first one. It's time. It is time to make a way for God's blessings in your life. If you say, I haven't had many blessings lately or I, I, I don't acknowledge them, isn't it time for you to make a way and space for God to have the blessings in your life? God, I, I just want to make room for some blessings right now. You see, hope comes before faith. People say, well, you know, you're just kind of getting everybody all pumped up with hope. Yeah, I am. Because you got to have hope before you have faith. You know what hope is in the biblical definition? confident assurance that which God has promised God will provide. Hope. Hope in the Lord. Jesus, our blessed hope. When I begin to say those words like that, i got a blessed hope. He is a strong tower. He is a shield. He is my glory and the lifter of my head. That's hope. And when I do that, faith begins to rise up inside of me. And then you begin to release what God has commanded. God begins just this releasing. He says, okay, now I get it. You're, you're, you, you say, I don't, I don't have all the answers, and I don't know the Bible. It doesn't matter. If you know God, that's enough. Just move in the direction of God and see what God can do, amen? Let's pray together. Would you stand with me? Father, you have commanded blessings on us. Everyone in this room has a commanded blessing of God. God, many have have looked at their own life and said, you know, I just feel like uh, I'm just losing on every hand and the enemies are coming against me and they're not dispersing. Then I want you to change your vocabulary right now. I want you just to say, God, my enemies are running in seven directions. I'm I'm filled with hope. I'm a young man. I'm a young lady. I'm a boy. I'm a a girl. I'm a a husband, a wife, a man, a woman. I just say, God. I acknowledge the presence of God right now. The blessings of God are coming. When I sow unto the Lord, I know I'm going to reap. When I bless others, I know I'm going to be blessed. Right now, here's what I want you to do. I want you to think of the one enemy. It could be a person, it could be a circumstance, could be a situation. I want you to think of the one thing that right now that is weighing you down and has become your obstacle. God may just bring the name to your mind. He may bring a face to you. It may bring a, a situation, a circumstance. It might be present. It might be 20 years ago. But right now, it is on your mind, and it weighs you down, and you deal with it day in and day out. All someone has to do is mention that situation or that name, and all of a sudden, it begins to take you down a path that's not healthy. You got the name, got the situation, got the The circumstance in your mind right now, here's what I want you to do. I want you just to say, God, I give it to you. Just say it out loud. You don't even have to say what it is. Just say, God, I give that to you. I give that person to you. I give that circumstance to you. I give that situation to you because I don't want to carry it anymore. I don't want to be pulled down anymore. I want to be released so that I can walk in the fullness and the power of God. God, I give it to you. Would you say it? Say it out loud. God, I give it to you. Now, your first temptation is run, get it back. You say, well, that didn't mean anything. I just said it. Yeah, you said it. Did you mean it? Do you think God can handle your situation better than you can? Are you happy with the way you've been handling it? Has it brought you joy and happiness and power? Or has it brought you defeat and discouragement? Has it blessed you or has it ripped your heart out? Just give it to him. God, I give it to you. The band's just going to play through a, a song one time, and as they do, I want this just to be a time of just dedication unto the Lord. Would you just dedicate that to the Lord, just acknowledge that to God? And then if you've never believed on the Lord Jesus Christ, we want to encourage you this morning to begin that journey of acknowledging Christ, to be your protector, your Savior, and your Lord. You can pray a prayer like this one. Dear Lord Jesus, I acknowledge that I need you. I acknowledge that you died on the cross for me, that my sins are forgiven. They're washed away by the blood of the Lamb. I believe your word that says if I call upon your name, I will be saved. And I call right now, Jesus, on your name. Save me, Lord Jesus. Come into my heart, Lord Jesus. Was that your prayer? That was your prayer. Just slip your hand up right now, just so God can see it. Just just slip your hand up. Anyone else, God bless you, amen. Anyone else, just slip your hand up. Okay. You put your hands down. Now for all of us, just as this song plays, that which you offered to him, just tell him you don't want it back. If you've been holding it too long. It's too uncomfortable, too heavy. Just give God that. Just allow this to be a time of worship right now.